Welcome everybody to another episode of the GW Show. I am your host, Marcus Weisler, and with me as always is the part-time CEO of the GW Show himself, Mr. Daniel Gonzalez. What's going on, my man? How you doing today? What's going on, Marcus? I'm uh, a little giddy today. You know, we got it start, you know, sport sports news kicked off strong and mighty this morning. Yeah, they did. I by the way, I want to take take the time and say thank you. I know you have a your part time schedule is a little booked this week. I am gl- grateful that you uh, were able to squeeze your schedule into doing this again. Uh, you know, yeah. back- hey, we're, we went um, we're back to back now with two a days. You know, I might as well get all the two a days in right after the Super Bowl because then we're back to uh, ones a weeks <laughs> until some crazy shit happens if we got to go back to two a days. But yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously um, today, y'all. Uh, I I think. Today, we have quite a bit of topics here. Um, we even have a basketball discussion, too. So that's going to be a little fun to to definitely encounter. Um, we've got uh, definitely a lot of, you know, the NFL coming up. Uh, a lot of coaches that were f- fired, uh, coaches that were hired. Um, some good takes, some, you know, thoughts in between both of us. Um, and uh, some that even impact... So, yeah, some even some that even impact uh, the part timer CEO over here um, and his New York Football Jets. So, like I said, it was a very strange day. Like all of a sudden, all these all the coaching news seemed to drop today between people getting hired, fired, and staying. Like it was it was a weird day today because usually we have like you know the as they don it black Monday, you know, the Monday after the last game of the regular season is usually when we get all the coaching firings and who's going where, who's, you know, what, what and everything. And today was the day of hiring and who's staying put. Yeah. Very strange day today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. So, um, again, the NFL is very trendy in that way. Yeah. I feel like, I I feel like usually they always, I don't think there's ever like a time frame where they typically uh, do them. There's not like a you know like you know after the season or you know I, I don't know. There's never a time frame where like coaches are typically fired and then there's time frame where they're hired because uh, obviously there's some uh, depending on the teams that are in the playoffs they typically don't hire their main candidates until after their prospective teams are done for the season. Um, so, uh, but yeah, well, speaking of teams, uh, Dan, I'll kind of let you have the floor here with the, uh, with the jets. Um, so to kind of start off, uh, the, um, the jets hired, uh, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, former head coach of the Denver Broncos, who was just recently fired, uh, the, during the mid season. Um, I believe if I'm correct, that he was the second quickest head coach to be fired in his first season. Uh, I think. Urban Meyer was the quickest, am I right? It was either Urban Meyer or Bobby Petrino back with the Falcons. It was one of those two guys. Yeah, but Nathaniel Hackett was fired. was fired before his first season ended. Kind of a kind of a shit show there. Not really his fault entirely, but still, you know, the captain take takes the the biggest hit in that regards. But yeah. um, obviously, some some uh, definitely some you know interesting opinions with it so dan i'll kind of let you take the floor as a jets fan you know thoughts pros cons what's your feelings of it what does it mean going forward as a jets fan um well the con is we don't know what his mental state is right now um obviously he didn't 
cut it out as a coach. But then again, not all coordinators make it well as head coaches. You know, Todd Bowles, for instance. Todd Bowles is a okay head coach, but he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Every time he's a DC, there that that defense kicks up. Um, you know, even someone like you know Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was an okay head coach, but then when he becomes a defensive coordinator, ranks towards the top. Nathaniel Hackett falls into that category. When he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they, their offense was led by Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette. At one point, they were the number two ranked offense in the NFL. The following year, you know, they kind of fell off a cliff. Doug Marone ended up firing him. And then he goes to Green Bay from 2019 to 2021. The Green Bay Packers were consistently a top five offense. Obviously, that helps when you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones on your team. But once again, as a coordinator, you got to put the you got to put the game plan in place. You got to put the offense in place. You got to make sure they're running schemes correctly, and they seem to have done that from 19 to 20 to 21. And that leads me to my next point, where the Jets need a quarterback. And all accounts were that when Nathaniel Hackett was with the Green Bay Packers, him and Aaron Rodgers had a tremendous relationship, and they were actually friends. And we know that Aaron Rodgers isn't exactly the easiest guy to get to get along with. So this also plays into the courtship of are the Jets really going to go get Aaron Rodgers? Woody Johnson has been public, has been very public in saying that he was willing to give up what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers to come to New York. Nathaniel Hackett is obviously a ploy in the thing. I, I hate to say he's a ploy in it, but, you know, having your old OC going to a new team makes the transition that much easier because you already know the playbook and, you know, it'll be a seamless fit. So let me ask you this, Dan. Um, let, me ask sure. you this, let me ask you this. Is this one of those – is it if the if the Jets go all in, and I believe they said that it would take two first-rounders, correct? Yeah. It takes two first-rounders. Do you still keep Zach Wilson – Yes, because in the in the instance that you're learning from one of the greatest quarterbacks that this generation has seen in Aaron Rodgers, we're talking. You can say what you want about, I don't know, whatever the fuck you want to say about him, but in the instance, he's literally one of the most accurate quarterbacks. He doesn't throw turnovers, and he's just. He has a way of knowing the game and literally just, I mean, he, obviously he's only won one Super Bowl that, you know, that's all, obviously he does what he can, but, you know, but if you learn the so game from before, him. Before Patrick Mahomes graced the NFL field, I thought Aaron Rodgers was the most skilled quarterback I have ever seen. I mean, you got to think too, he is, 30, is, he is 38, 39. This is when Brady was still manning the fort in New England. I thought Aaron Rodgers was the most skilled quarterback in the NFL. There, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, also to uh, Rodgers' age, and he's still able to do what he can. He still runs. He's still mobile for his age. Like he still gets yeah, out of the pocket. I, he still does everything that he did. I feel like I feel like Rodgers still does the same things at his age today as he did five, ten years ago. 
I mean, a lot of the tangibles he hasn't. Most quarterbacks at the at the end of their third at the end, end of their career, or at least once they hit like thirty six or thirty five, thirty six, you start to see a little decline. Like he's thirty nine and he still slings that bitch like it's no problem. Like, and in all honesty, with our offense, you if he does come to the Jets and with our offense and with the way we have it set up, it's going to be a seamless, easy fit. And we I have the skill positions already. We I, have the yeah. running back. We have the tight end. We have the wide receiver. It's going to be a fit. And we are, the offensive line, you know, we can tweak it a little bit, but it's not an awful offensive line by any stretch, you know, because we'll have, you know, Vera Tucker, Mackay Beckton coming back from injury. You know, it's 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 a pretty good offensive line. Lakin Tomlinson, McGovern, very, you know, it's it's suitable for him. Now, the second question, can he handle the New York media? That's always a thing whenever you get – when everyone says when you play for a team in New York, can you handle the criticism? Can you handle the media? Can you handle the fan base being – I wouldn't say the fan base is impatient. I'm just saying that uh, – they're there's, rowdy. There's not a lot of wiggle room when you play for a New York team. I mean, literally, yeah. literally, example A is Aaron Judge broke the American League home run record, and fans were booing him in the first postseason game because he went overed. Yep. People have New York fans have a very short term memory. I'm, I mean, that is a is that correct or incorrect? It's a fact. That, yeah. So that's a fact. You have to you have to learn. That's what I'm saying. Not everybody's meant for it, and. I mean, he's been in Wisconsin his entire career. They don't care. They, these guys have literally been fans their entire. They they will be a, a, a Green Bay fan if they are zero sixteen. They don't care. They just like to go watch football. Uh, I mean, people have season tickets that there's a waiting line for Green Bay that are so long. Some people die being on the waiting list. Yeah, they do. Green Bay fans just do not care. I would tell you, like, I'm not a Green Bay fan, but my, like something on my bucket list. Call me crazy. Something on my bucket list is to go watch Green Bay when it's like cold. I want to sit in the yeah, front no, in the, in the tundra and just do. I want to do it as well. Yeah, let's do it, man. I am a hundred percent down. I'm, honestly, I am. I'm honestly, I'm ready for that. We can do that next year if we really want to. I am down for that. Like it, call like I said, call me crazy. It might be cold as shit, but like there is something about something. It's of, the atmosphere, man. Yeah, it, it's just it's. It's different up there. Like it, I don't know. You're right. I can't explain it. Yeah. But I've no. always said that if there's one if there's one cold game that I want to attend, it's Green Bay. Yeah. Or like I want to go watch a day a, a game at Wrigley Field. Not a Cubs fan. Don't really care about the Cubs. But it's historic. It's exactly, exactly. So it's just. Anyways, I think we kind of went a little off. But the thing is, is, um, you know. But I'll about, answer your first question. With this whole Zach Wilson thing, I think there's a chance he could be included in a trade. A buddy of mine brought up that Elijah Moore could be a piece to move, and maybe the Jets don't have to lose as much draft capital if they're going to take on a very young, talented wide receiver, which is what the Packers need, especially with Aaron Lazard's impending free agency. If you have a good young receiving core of Christian Watson and Elijah Moore for the next few years, Ride with it. That's a that's a really good young receiving core for Jordan Love, who I presume is going to take over the starting duties unless they dabble on in the draft and draft a quarterback or free agency. One of those two will be gone but, because Jordan Love has stated already publicly multiple times if Rodgers comes back, he wants out. But Rodgers is yeah, like, and this is, this is, eh. probably, this is probably that last. 
it's by that last off season that's going to happen. Well, here's the thing too. I don't because think this, I... is, this is real now. We haven't had serious Rodgers trade rumors up until this offseason. We heard the rumblings, you know, when he had his contract issue, and then they decided that, okay, we're going to give you, you know, the boatload of money, and we're going to tell Devontae Adams to kick rocks. Well, now they kicked, he kicked rocks. Now the whole – I think if Green Bay wants the playoffs, they could have definitely made some noise. Um. They could have made noise, but I don't. But I don't. But I don't know yeah. how much noise because they're playing. They're playing the Niners the first round, and we know how that goes. I, the Niners always have their number. It, I don't know what it is, but knowing the luck, I'll, knowing the luck, Dan, <laughs> Green Bay would have been the seventh seed, and Dallas would have somehow been the second seed. I'm gonna say this: if the Jets had Aaron Rodgers this year, we're we're playing to, on Sunday against the Chiefs. Oh, probably. Promise you. Promise you. Probably. We would be playing on Sunday. Probably. We would be playing. And it's been it's been talked about the last two days on ESPN. They're like, we've said nothing bad about the Jets except for the quarterback. We have, we have everything else. We have the defense. We have the receivers. We have the tight end, the yep. offensive line, the rookie, you know, the running back before Brees Hall got hurt. We have it. It's just we need a goddamn quarterback. I think the offensive but, line so, might be the worst thing of everything you just mentioned, besides obviously the quarterback. And it was still pretty good. Yeah. Up until the injuries. It was pretty damn good. But to get back to the whole Zach Wilson thing, if he stays, I think it's only beneficial. Him and Aaron Rodgers actually have a good friendship outside of the football field. They had it during Zach Wilson's draft process, and it got even stronger when the Jets and the Packers had a joint practice during the preseason um, this past year. And Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said, like, yeah, he is, you know, he's, he's a friend. He's like, he reaches out to me, I reach out to him. And I think that's only going to be beneficial for Zach because if we only get Rodgers for the two years that's left on his contract, those – Two years, Rodgers can just mentor him, show him the way to go about certain things. And by the time Zach Wilson's ready to come back onto the field, he's still young. Like we don't, we're not really wasting Zach Wilson' career. But the caveat is, he was a second overall pick. The, that that team that mute that team option that they get on those rookie deals—they're pretty expensive. So that's where the caveat comes into play where do you release him and rework a contract in the offseason? Because you're going to be taking on a fat contract with Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be having an expensive backup quarterback. But at the end of the day, if he stays, I think it's only beneficial for Zach Wilson. He learned from one of the best to ever do it. I think it will mature him a lot, which is what he needs, especially a lot of the reportings that came out that he's just, you know, he was goofing off in team meetings, showing up late, yada, yada, yada. You know, he needs to grow up. Um, the second question was, can Rogers handle the New York media? It's going to be different. Like you said, Green Bay fans kind of, they love their team, but they don't care really. And those, that media doesn't hold people so accountable. The New York media, if he has one bad game, he is getting grilled like he's never been grilled before. And that can either make him better or that can eat away at him. So 
I don't know how he's going to handle the New York media. He never really had a handle the strong media in his town, the national media. Yeah, because he is one of the best in the game. Yeah. Still is one of the best in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like if you can handle the nat, if you can handle the whole national media that was ripping you apart for bad games, mm-hmm. and then maybe some of the national media was like, "We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He has no wide receiver. His coach looks clueless at times. Yada yada yada. His defense wasn't really helping him. Like a lot of those times, Rodgers gets the benefit of the doubt. In New York, there's no such thing." We will find every single player that had a bad game, and we will call you out. That's fair. Okay. Um. So, back to Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I think we went on the Rogers episode <laughs> here. Um. Yeah. Just talk me through like that's, Nathaniel Hackett, that's man. Big, that's the big thing, though. Like the reason why the Jets brought in Hackett was to say, like, hey, we're dead serious about doing this. Nathaniel Hackett's not here to make Zach Wilson a better quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett's not here to advise us to draft a quarterback with a 13th overall pick. He's not here to advise us on who to trade for, except for one person, Jimmy Aaron Rodgers. There's no reason why Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator for the Jets, except for that reason. But like I said, he has a track record of being a good coordinator, not a good head coach. I think he had. I like the hire at the end of the day. Bad spot there. I just, like I said, man, there's certain people that just can't do the job. Not saying they're terrible people, but certain coordinators can't be head coaches. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier, um, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Um, you know, just certain guys just can't, and it's not, it's not on them. You're still a hell of an offensive or defensive mind because it shows because when you go back into that coordinator role, you excel. Oh, another one. Uh, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, Chuck Pagano. Exactly. Or even Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is not a good head coach. He's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Um, I know this is kind of going a little farther back, but remember Mike Smith when he was with the uh, the Falcons? He was, yeah. the head, he was the head coach of the Falcons, and then he got fired, became the offensive coordinator for the, the Bucks, and literally, I mean, this is speaking volumes, made Jameis Winston a lot better than what he was before. And it showed a lot of improvement. I think that was the year he got there. It was his first 5,000-yard season. Like I said, man, it, it happens. Yeah, no, of course. It, at, the end, at, the, at the end of the day, as much as people want to harp on the fact that he – he had one of the worst head coaching records we've ever seen and one of the worst head coaching jobs we've ever had to witness. It doesn't take away from the fact that he's actually a good coordinator. I like the move. I think it's a good move. He's mm-hmm. done. Like I said, if, if anyone really wants to debate this, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in the AFC title game with his offense and they were a possession away from winning that game against the Patriots. Yeah. Their no. defense was phenomenal. They called him Saxonville. But, like, you know, Blake Boros had a hell of a year. Fournette was good. The offense was pretty decent. That team was you literally, know, like, set, and they just fumbled the bag. Because the following yeah, they year, they literally they, they said, screw they it. They blew it up. Yep. 
of all we got to do. That's how's that, and that, that's not that, that's not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. No, yeah, no. When when they had the pieces, he excelled. Yeah, the Jets have the the Jets have the pieces on top of more pieces that could be coming in. Whether it's the six draft picks that we have, the free agents we're going to sign, or the quarterback we're bringing in. Yep, agreed. Agreed. But yeah, that's uh that's my take on Nathaniel Hackett. Overall, I think it's a good hire. Um, experienced guy. You know, I, I like it. It's not like if he was a coordinator that also had a bad record as a coordinator on top of a bad record as a head coach, mm-hmm. I would be like, What the hell are you guys doing? Right, exactly. But so, let's uh you know, good good coordinator, bad coach. Speaking of uh some turmoil from, you know, head coaches uh, crossing the across the pond, as you'd say, over to the to another team in the division. Uh, so a lot of uh, major problems going on, you know, according to multiple sources regarding Bill Belichick. Uh, Dan, you want to kind of lead lead us off on that one there? That was definitely one of your heavy hitters for this one as well. Oh, yeah, we. Uh, I think for the first time in a while. We, I think that that whole team in New England is going to blow up. First time in a long time. I've, obviously, we've heard the turmoil between Kraft, Brady, and Belichick. And, you know, they were thinking about telling Tom Brady, "Piss off, we're going, we're going with Jimmy G." Um, but there is a so there's a source in and around the Patriots blaming Bill Belichick for the offensive dysfunction and. You know, this year, obviously, we saw Mac Jones always look at the sideline like, dude, what the hell? And, you know, people were pointing at Matt Patricia as the problem, but a lot of people are saying it's actually Bill Belichick. And someone was quoted in the Boston Herald as saying, I love Belichick, but he fucked us. Um, the Pats had the 26th ranked offense in the NFL. 17th in scoring. Um, their running game was 24th in the league. This is normally a team that can run the hell out of the ball. They will run you to the ground. They were 20th in passing. Um, but, you know, he, they believe that when Belichick hired Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to run the offense, it was doomed from the beginning. And a lot of players and sources around the team were pissed off hence why they went back and got bill o'brien to come in to see if they can fix the situation but i think this patriots team is in for a very extensive look this offseason especially i think they're still i think they're, they're they're falling behind year after year with buffalo miami and new york getting better and they're younger well, the Patriots are just kind of like, eh. So, I think we're in for a very interesting offseason up in Boston this year. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think, like, that team in general, I don't know, like, you know, like, we were talking about the Patriot way. That has not been the case in a few years, obviously we know why, you know, ever since Brady left and 
they had this weird year where they went with like Cam Newton and just it did not work out at all and they thought Mac Jones coming in was going to kind of revamp that. Oh, the first time they drafted a quarterback in the first round, and uh, it just – or actually since, you know, obviously since Brady was hurt, but the the vibe just still didn't seem like it was there. I Honestly, man, you know, I think it's time for Bill Belichick – you know, I think it's time for him to go. It, it's, 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 it's time for him to play, retire. Uh... They play the. They still play the way football was played in the early 2000s, maybe early 2010s, where a pocket passer got the job done if you had a decent running game, a good pass rush, and you know you had these big body tight ends. Like he's still he's still thinking there that works in today's NFL, and it doesn't work in today's NFL. The defense part is great, but you need a quarterback that can that can. I can run out. Mac Jones can't run for shit. No, you or if you're going in to today's, in today's in today's NFL, your quarterback has to get out of the pocket and make plays if they have to. Every quarterback in the NFL now, for the most part, can run if they really needed to. Yeah, for the most part, the yeah. Patriots still have the Patriots still play this very boring brand of football that they're falling behind. Yeah. Like, you know, the you know, you're you're falling you're falling behind. You're not catching up with the times. You need that quarterback that can get out and do what they have to do. You know, we see Josh Allen do it, Mahomes, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, who we just talked about, is thirty nine years old. He can still get out of the pocket. Why are we disrespecting yeah, vanilla Vic. Well, yeah, absolutely. Vanilla yeah, Vic. Yeah. You know, Daniel you know, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert. I, I can list every quarterback in the NFL. All these quarterbacks can get out of the pocket and make plays, but like Mac Jones can't. Kirk Cousins and, is like thresh, Jones- is like all that threshold. <laughs> yeah, but at least Kirk Cousins is making plays and he's putting his team in positions to win. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think Mac that- Jones. Mac Jones to me, even during the whole draft process, I didn't think Mac Jones was that good, and I still don't think he's that good. You know, he can sit there pout and cry all he wants. You know, flailing his arms on the sideline, but I'm like, oh. you haven't earned the right, you haven't earned the right to flail your arms and stomp your feet. Cause you haven't done anything. Well, I mean, to be that fair, tells me, that tells me, that tells me otherwise, like, yeah, you're a hell of a quarterback. You're just in a shitty system. Like, no, you're an average quarterback in a shitty system. And the one time you had success, you got into the playoffs. You legitimately got ran through in Buffalo where to the point where a lot of us were thinking that playoff appearance should not have counted. Like, I mean, to be fair, Dan, like, he has, like, his receivers are absolutely garbage. They're terrible. And he's got Matt Patricia making play calls. So, like, he <laughs> I don't I don't know how much worse that gets. <laughs> but at the same time, too, it's like you he hasn't he hasn't earned the right in my eyes to if something go, doesn't go your way to flail your arms in the air like a little kid. No, but it's so that's kind reserved, of a... that's kind of, that's kind of reserved for the guys who like they've done that, been there, done that, and you know they're they're just frustrated with the way things are going. You've earned the right to maybe tell your coach like, "Yo, you're not doing this correctly." Yeah, you haven't. Mac Jones has not earned the right to tell any coach, "Yo, this is not being done correctly." 
No, you're not. You're not there, and you're never gonna be there if you keep going at this rate. No, but people like Mahomes, day... people like Mahomes, Burrow, even Burrow now. Burrow has earned that right up in you know last year to say like you know if something's not going his way, he can go to Zach Taylor and say, "Yo, uh, it's not. It's not working." I mean, but again, at the end of the day, like if the team's not surrounding you with pieces for you to you know, compete at the highest level possible. Like if your number one receiver is Devontae Parker, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. If if your offensive he's failing, coordinator he's flailing his arms as if, you know, he can do it. No, I, I get that, but again, here's the thing. If if you're not being surrounded with, with pieces to for for you to be at your highest potential and you have a coordinator who doesn't isn't doing their job, and you're not able to exceed at the highest level that you know you can do. That affects your career. That affects you getting a a, a, a nice contract. That affects the future. That affects everything. So of course you have to express frustration because it's like, hey man, like you're messing with my career. Like I need you to step your shit up if you want me to do step my shit up. You want me to do better. Get me what I need. Like. The offensive line is terrible. Their run game barely succeeds. Their defense is pretty much held together because it just works. Everything else, I mean, everything else is terrible. It's it's pretty awful. I'm so and they were, yeah, they were dead. They were dead last in the division. Like it wasn't even close. Oh no, they were they were they were third. They were third. The Jets were. The Jets were. The Jets were in last. Oh well, they okay. They, they talent wise, they were dead last. Talent wise, I that's yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Because, but like, I'm not even going to. I'll partially, I'll partially defend him. You know what? I I can't. I just can't because the way he was acting was like, like, dude, like you're not. You, you want me to tell you who was on his team, and I'll tell you why they were good. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, let's read it. Let's read it off. Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertan. Oh, okay, Devontae okay. Smith. I, I thought we talking about the, the oh, Patriots roster. Najee, I was like, son, no, no, no. no. I, <laughs> Najee Harris. No, no. I yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, that's, you know, I know. That's, that's why. That's why he was. That's why he was good. That's why he was good. You and I could have ran that offense. Yeah, look. with with Patrick. With Patrick, with not Patrick Chatana, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, yeah, go deep. John Mechie in the slot, stay there. I'll do a check down. Run, Najee Harris, run. <laughs> like, look, like, I'm sorry, like, I just, I don't. And Brian Robinson, another running back. Like, I, he was, he legitimately had probably one of the most talented Alabama teams ever. Oh, I'm not, I'm not discrediting course, that at all. I just don't think he's a good quarterback because in that system, any quarterback would have been good. No, no, no. I'm not discrediting. Okay, anything at Alabama, I'm not discrediting at all. Like, we know that roster. We know top to bottom. And before the NIL, top to bottom, Alabama was the best program ran in the entire country five yeah. miles ahead of every, everybody else. Like, we knew that. I'm just talking about how the Patriot organization is being ran today because at the end of the day, like, even if he's average quarterback, below average, you still have to be – you still have to provide the best opportunity for your quarterback to succeed in the league. If you draft in no, the first I hear, round, I you need to provide. I mean, 
Um, I mean, I'm trying to use an example here. Uh, can't use Matt Stafford because, I mean, it's Detroit. Outside of Megatron, that really didn't work. Um, but he's a Super Bowl champion. That yeah, he had he had to he had to go to the West Coast to do that. He had to leave. He was like, I'm not being here no more. See you later. Um, I we'll get to that another day, but I I can't think of anybody right now. But yeah, I mean, I'm not fully defending him. I'm just saying you can't really like knock him if the if the the, the, the ownership and the management they don't want. I get what you're. I I I I I wholeheartedly understand what you're saying. Like Belichick's still trying to do that whole find a gym in the sixth, fifth, sixth round and let's find value, but then goes and signs two fucking tight ends in the offseason for like eighty million dollars total. That was so stupid. Like value. But we're gonna assign all this money to two tight ends. <laughs> Dumb. It's okay though. But anyways, uh, back to, to regarding Bill. I think I think it's just time for him to retire, man. Let, I let think somebody, it's time too. Let somebody else take the reins of it, man. Like that's just the way it is. I mean, nobody's discrediting the career. You've had a, a fantastic career, considered the, probably the best professional football coach of all time, like by a lot of people. The more I think, the more you have shit seasons like that, the more people go. Is is it was it really Coach Belichick that was the greatest, or was it because Tom Brady was so good that made him like that? And I think the the, sh- the more shit seasons you have of that, the more debate you're gonna have. So yeah, no. So um, today, oh, also too, we um. I know this wasn't on, on your topic list, but um, so yesterday, um, the Baseball Hall of Fame announced that Scott Rowland will be in the Hall of Fame, uh, voted at 76%, uh-huh. just just above the 75% margin. Dan, do you think that he that he was deserved, uh, not deserved? Uh, do you think other guys should have gotten in? I know Todd Helton did not get in, uh, which was kind of surprising because... Um, the dude was fascinating for Colorado, and he just—I think he just—he just got disrespected. If you look at his, some of Todd Helton's numbers, um, if you look at the WAR for the—I believe it was the WAR I saw. Uh, at top ten, Todd Helton is seventh. Everybody above him and below him in the top ten, excluding Albert Pujols, because obviously he hasn't gotten in. Everybody else is in the Hall of Fame. So, I'm I think sure. he'll get in though. Yeah, I think he in. will, but it's just like damn, next ballot. Dude. Yeah, but Scott, if he, if he got if he got if he got seventy two on this ballot, he's definitely getting the next one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew Jones is not mean, getting this fame. one. It's a shame though. I, it's a it's such a hard Hall of Fame to get into, man. The baseball Hall, they have to they have to kind of like loosen up that seventy five percent ballot thing. Like that's. That's a lot. Yeah. Like they have to, I think, I think the Hall of Fame needs to kind of like maybe adjust their voting in a way or maybe their percentages. Because I, and don't get me wrong, I think the harder the Hall of Fame, the more legit you are. Because in the, the NBA to me is the easiest Hall of Fame to get into. 
you can have like the NBA, you can have like eight years of like averaging 20 points a game, maybe like four or five all-star appearances. And, you know, maybe like some, like some small mini accolades here and there, you'll probably make the hall of fame. Oh, Draymond's a hundred percent getting in. Draymond is definitely getting in, but Draymond deserves it. But that's a conversation for another time. Right, right, right. But the, <laughs> Scott Rowland, though. Um, I, yeah, I mean, he deserves it. Scott, you know, Scott Rock and Rowland, you know, he had a hell of a career. Um, definitely the, the one of the first ones that you can make the argument that, you know, he's never won an MVP. I don't think he was on the – I don't think he won a World Series either, did he? I don't I, think he was on those Cardinals teams that won yeah, a World he Series, was. right? He was? Yeah, he was. Okay, so he's got a ring. He was. I don't think he, he really was. I don't think he was a starter he really though. Was. He really was like one of the better third basemen, you know, growing up. You know, from team to team, he went to Phillies, Reds, Cardinals. He was, he was consistent. Obviously, Toronto, the back end of his career, like he was always a very consistently good ball player, and I, I think he deserves it. I, I do. I still believe that Andrew Jones, the Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people are like, eh, no, he's not. I'm like, eh. He, I think he is because if Roland's getting in, Andrew Jones is getting in. They have very similar career accolades, minus winning a World Series. Yeah. Agreed. Just kind of short and sweet. Just, kind of, I just thought, I just yeah. realized that was something that was brought up. I know that some people are up and up in arms talking about oh well i guess this is the it's good en- the, the good enough hall of fame it's not the hall of fame it's the good of hall of fame it's like, <laughs> exactly. like, will sh- like will you shut the fuck up uh, and just just like literally appreciate that people man. like do people not realize that some of these guys like scott Rowland was an eight-time gold glove winner at, like there was a time like he it was you know you hit it to third base you walk back to the dugout there's there's nothing coming nothing yeah like do was do was really good. Um, but I mean, just don't just don't discredit. I mean, if baseball writers pick somebody, like what are you what are you gonna get pissed about? Somebody gets in the Hall of Fame, they're like, oh, I know that. Like the ones that irritate me is like that do that would irritate me is like Bonds not getting in or Clemens not getting in. People are like, oh, it's well they cheated. I mean, Bonds allegedly took steroids during the prime HGH era. Like it was. Everybody did it. Even the umpires were doing it. Yeah, exactly. Even the umpires. Yeah, umpires <laughs> were doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody did it. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's 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 wild. There's like guys like Bronson Arroyo doing HGH back then. It's like what what is he doing? That's how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> like I mean, come on. Like yeah, it's crazy too because out Cincinnati Reds. There were multiple times where David Ortiz's name was popped up or popped up for HGH. Now they couldn't confirm it, but they said apparently they had him on a list as far as with uh, potential HGH users during that era. But he got in the Hall of Fame. So, and also too, you can juice as much as you want, but you still have to be coordinated enough to hit a baseball. Yeah. It's not like you're taking HGH in football where you know if you hit somebody with HGH, it's going to fucking hurt. You're going to kill someone. <laughs> yeah, you're going to Brian Cushing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Brian Cushing. Yeah, They're, exactly. But in baseball, you could juice as much as you want. But if a guy throws a curveball and you don't know it's a curveball, guess what? It doesn't. You're not yeah, doing you're anything. Nothing. Exactly. You could end cap off a ball. You could hit it off the handle. It doesn't matter. Like, 
you still have to know how to play. You still have to know how to hit. Yeah. And I think pitchers should be should have some sort of a degree for it because your arm gets tired like really bad. You're you know you're throwing your entire body into one part of you know your entire body into your arm repeatedly. So I think they need something to kind of progress a little faster. But again, another topic for another day. So um yeah, switching uh we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit uh before we go back to football again for kind of our last topic of the day. Um the NBA just released their starters for the All-Star game. Probably the most useless um All-Star game outside of the Pro Bowl, which thank God doesn't exist anymore. Um I, I like the NBA All-Star game. I think it's the best one. Well, I mean, outside of... Outside. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic either. I think the NBA does the best All-Star presentation aside from any, you know, any... I, I, MLB All-Star game I have fun with, but... Oh, no, no. I'm I talking about... NBA, I think the NBA does the best one. I just... I mean, uh, it is kind of... I mean, I like watching it, but it's like... Are all you right. talking about the game? Talk about the, the game. game the game. The All Star, uh, but the All Star game itself in the NBA has gone a lot better. They play defense now. I thought that the, especially I, the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter of the All Star game is always fun to watch. Or I think it's when you get close to like that point scale that they have now, that gets really good. I actually really enjoy the All Star game. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the rosters here. Um, I, all I gotta good. say is one of these things is not like the other. It's never gonna be good. I hate fan voting. I, I've told you this numerous times. I hate fan voting. Oh yeah, even Wasn't though the there fans, one year that Zaza Pachulia got in, they actually had to stop. They actually had to remove him from the ballot because he was about to be the he was about to be the All Star starting center for the West. Is that all Zaza Pachulia? Warriors. I know, like I know, it's like I think it's like twenty. I think it's like fifty percent fan, twenty five percent media, twenty five percent player. It's it's one of those you know additions. But I have there was two major omissions from the starting lineup, and I'm gonna start with the biggest one. No pun intended. How in the hell is Joel Embiid not a starter on the Eastern Conference? I need an explanation for this. Just to kind of like run down, like, can you tell us what the starters are? It should be Joel Embiid. No, I'm saying I'm gonna, okay, I, I, I'm, I'll run them down, but I'm I'm pissed. My, mind you, guys, is this this is the okay. fan voting starters here? So like, yes, yeah, so it is, um, in no particular order by position. The Eastern Conference All Star starters are Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum. For the Western Conference All-Stars, it is the usual trio of Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and LeBron James. And then you have Nikola Jokic and Zion Williamson. Yeah, so I think, uh, obviously, Kevin Durant is, like, hurt. Last time I had checked. Or he's, if- I, I think he should be a start. I don't think he should be a starter. I think he should. I think he's gonna. I think he should, he's gonna go regardless. Um, you know, Giannis is obviously Giannis. Jason Tatum's having an MVP type season. Mitchell's having a really good year. Kyrie's having a good year. But like, I would have taken Kevin Durant out of the lineup and put our MBs in. Yeah. And Kevin Durant would come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand because because to me, 
I'm not going to sit here and say Joel Embiid's the MVP because I still think Nikola Jokic or Doncic are going to win the MVP as of right now. But M- but uh, Embiid's top five right now. Yeah. In terms of like MVP rating, I would it's have kinda, him in the top five. It's kind of crazy, man. I, like if he, like... I just don't understand why he's not a starter. And then on the Western Conference side. How is Shea Gilgis Alexander not a starter? This guy's having a hell of a season. I know Curry, Doncic, and LeBron are the popular vote. But Zion's in the same class as Kevin Durant. Zion was out for a little bit this year as well. Jokic, I, Jokic undoubtedly is an all-star. This guy could easily repeat as MVP this year. But, like, come on, man. Like, SGA's having a hell of a season, and... He's probably going to be a reserve, but, like, that guy deserves to be the starter. But Embiid is the one that I'm actually I'm, – I'm not a Sixers fan by any stretch of the imagination. But, like – But speaking as a Sixers I give, fan. I give, I, give, I give guys their props when it's due in the NBA, regardless of what team you play for. Embiid's, Embiid's got my – you know, Embiid's got my vote 10 times out of 10 – to start center for the Eastern Conference. And I know we're in an era now of, like, positionless basketball. Guys are playing everywhere. That guy deserves to start regardless. Spoken like he a true Sixers like, fan. Spoken like a true Sixers fan. I'm just speaking how it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you want me to be a homer, I can tell you Bam Adebayo should be a starting center. Oh, for the hell NBA. no. But exactly, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Hell no. It doesn't make no. any sense. That it, exactly, it doesn't make any sense. Embiid should. Yeah, no, Embiid is M- Embiid is Embiid is our generation's Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, that's a stretch. Um, look at their look at the skill set. It is very similar. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you right now, and John Moran is like Allen Iverson and Derrick Rose had a child. I know you guys can't see this, but uh, Dan is actually taking off his uh, his Jimmy Butler jersey and is now putting on his Joel Embiid jersey as we speak. You know, as a Heat fan, I don't have a Jimmy Butler jersey. Really? But you have a Jimmy Butler Sixers jersey, right? Never. <laughs> Never. I have three. I have... I have three Heat jerseys. I have LeBron, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo. Dang, you had the LeBron one? Yep, when you first got there. I got it. Wow. Oh, boy. But seriously, but, but seriously like, agree with me. Embiid's an all-star. Starter. Not a reserve. He's a starter. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that. But it's like, it's all, it'll go to that factor of, okay, like, you – you say he's a starter, but you got to take one out. Uh, everything you mentioned, like Kyrie's playing really well. Donovan Mitchell's playing very good for the for the Cavs. Jason Tatum's having a MVP Donovan, season. Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant get the axe. Yeah, but I mean, Ke- because Kevin- if, we're, if we're playing if we're playing positionless basketball, screw having a shooting guard like Donovan Mitchell start. We could put someone else there. Ky- it could it could be, the starting lineup can easily be. Kyrie, Tatum, Giannis, Durant, and Bede. Yeah, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. A lot of right there. I think Katie's getting the axe to from the stars of reserve just because he's been out for quite for quite some time. 
And so you know the crazy and the and the crazy thing is too is, like I said, I know we're in the era as well as push positionless basketball, but like, just because you represent the East and the West in your All Star team, it's a fantasy draft. Yeah. This guy, this guy can go out and draft all small forwards and put them as the starting five. It's it is legitimately a street ball game until subs start coming in. And you start playing the matchups a little bit. Like you don't need to have the de facto shooting guard, which in this case right now is Donovan Mitchell in the selection pool. Just to say we have a shooting guard, if you really want to go, you know, two guards, two forwards, and a center, we have that for you. Hmm. Interesting. I just don't, like I said, I don't, I don't understand it because it is a fantasy draft. Yeah. Because if I'm looking at this, if I'm this, if I'm going by position, there's one center available to draft and it's Jokic. There are, I'm saying two power forwards. We can make the argument for three. Between Zion, Durant, and Tatum, I've always had Durant as a small forward. If we go by small forwards, we have LeBron and Giannis. And then we have four guards, Luka, Curry, Mitchell, and Kyrie. If I'm drafting a team and that guy takes the center, what the fuck am I left with? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they don't say, play defense say, for say a while, guy, so. Yeah, but, like, say the guy that has – there's a guy that drafts Jokic. Uh, Giannis is a captain. Say he drafts Jokic. I'm fucked in the paint. <laughs> Unless I get Zion. That's true. Speaking facts over there. So you, so I feel like you're more upset with the fact that Embiid is not starting versus Zion, though. I, I don't think Zion should be in... Either I think that sh- that I think that spot should go to Shea Gilgis Alexander, and then you know Luca doesn't have to necessarily be a point guard. To me, Luca was drafted as a small forward. Uh, yeah, I think he he's was. He's just he's he's become a point guard because of how he facilitates and runs the the Mavericks offense, which I totally understand. He's great. He's you know like I said he's he's a phenomenal ball player, top five. Hmm. You know, but I just, I think there's, I go by stats and like, like, damn, like an SGA was voted the fourth point guard. I mean, so, but it's, it's like you said, it's hard, man. He was ranked fourth. He was ranked fourth. The guys in front of him are John Morant and Luca and stuff because they, they put Luca as a, as a guard. It sucks. I feel bad for. I feel bad for him because he is in the Western Conference where we have these three guys, Morant, Curry, and Doncic, who are – they're elite. very popular with the fans. It's not even that they're elite. They're popular with the fans. They are elite, don't get me wrong, but they're also very popular with the fans. And SGA plays in Oklahoma City where he doesn't get exposed too much, where we have John Morant who is on House of Highlights every single night for doing some crazy shit, Steph Curry – I don't need to explain it. Luka Doncic, I also don't need to explain it. Yeah. Oh, you're right, man. You're 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 speaking facts and I could tell as a like again, as a Sixers fan, you're very frustrated. I'm going to hang up this recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
that's funny. But um, <clears throat> speaking, what's so, your take on it, though? I mean, I think they definitely need to change. This is only the fan voting, so I'm not really like kind of going head over heels for this. You know what I mean? Like this is the fan well, voting. We see some, we see some crazier shit. Yeah, but but like we got like the final roster. We got the final starters today. I think the reserves are coming tomorrow or oh, something. So, I'm not sure. Oh wait, so I'm this not is sure like, when there was. I thought this was the final. This is official. Oh, this is the no. This is a like like these oh. starters. Like this is these are the these are the winners. These are the guys that go into a selection pool between Giannis and LeBron, who are the team captains. These are the guys that the opening tip off of the All Star game itself. These are the ten guys that are taking the court. Oh, okay. All right. So my apologies. I'm not a huge, I'm not like a crazy basketball fan. I, I really like watching basketball, but I'm not like, if you ask me a bunch of stuff with it, I'm not going to know it as much as like football or even baseball, but, uh, yeah, like, this I just is like, like, I just this like, is like the, this is, these are the winners of like the, because they, these guys are the highest vote getters. Yeah. 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 They are they are elected the starters of the All Star game. Yeah, I also like watching you know the, the the TNT show as well. So that's also one of those things. Like, oh, they're the they're the best one. They're the, they're the best in the business. They are the greatest man. That's gonna be so sad when they're when they go. Yeah, we're calling it. I'm like, oh, dreading that day. Might be like a while from now, but still, time flies. I'm not gonna lie. Some of the guys that I think are gonna take their place, I think, will be just fine. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think I think so, but um, I, I guess for my take, I mean, like you, I, I Zion just, I don't know what he's really done this year. It's really like this been like uh, a deserving factor as far as to be a starter because he's had like he's a walking highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, he is. When he's, he's popular. Played. He's popular with the fans. Um, that, it, it boils down to that because it becomes, a, it does become a popularity contest. Yeah. You know, guys like Zion, especially someone like Zion, we've had eyes on him since he was a junior in high school because the guy was just a freak. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be like that. Like, I guarantee you when Bronny James comes to the NBA, he's going to get a crazy amount of all-star votes. Probably. Probably. But um, all right, man. Uh, let's switch to the uh, AFC NFC Championship games. Uh, kind of do a little recap and kind of make our picks for who's going to represent what in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously NFC it's the Niners versus Eagles, and the AFC it is the Chiefs versus the Bengals. Um, so Dan, uh, we'll start with the uh, NFC. Um, I'll let you go first with this one. All right, so um, I know we made our prediction. We kind of did like a little sneak of our prediction on Monday's recording. Um, I did see like a thread of Eagles and Niners fans going back and forth at each other, and I saw someone say Niners by 10, and I was like, hmm. The only team that's winning by double digits if they win are the Eagles. The Niners are one of those teams where the offense is going to do their thing, but their defense is going to be the anchor. And their offense is not going to put up a lot of points because the defense is going to hold. I am still a firm believer that the Niners will win this game. Um, if the Niners win, it's by a touchdown or less. This is not a double-digit game. 
Um, if it would be a double-digit game, I would have the Eagles winning, but um, give me the Niners. Less than a touchdown. Oh, less than a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, I don't see. There's no way. It, it could happen, but if there was a team to win by double digits in this matchup, I think it would only be Philly. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm taking the Niners as well. I I think I say Niners by like ten. Really? Yeah, I say Niners by ten. This team, I mean, like it's a really close game. Like it's gonna be a really, it's. Gonna, I mean, yeah, I think ten is not even that like a like a blowout or anything. It's still close. It's a touchdown to field goal. Um, yeah. Yeah. They. They. Uh, they. They are. Both both these teams are the real deal, but I I think that the Niners just have the, just a slight just they just have an edge over man, they play so good together. They really do. Um, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but they're you know the birdie the the Brock Purdy train is just it's rolling. Um, can't hate it. No, not at all. I just I I think he. I think he had a little taste of, you know, the like the real first taste of like the spotlight last week against Dallas, and it got to him a little bit. Yeah. And that spotlight is only bigger now because you're in a conference championship game, right? Against the, against not only the best team in the NFC but the best team in the NFL this year. Oh. So it's like, so it's like, you know, the spotlight's a little bit bigger now, pal. Yeah, am I, am I going to sit here and say that he's not built for it? No, but he got you know I think the light was a little big early against the Cowboys and it showed. But he also didn't throw interceptions or have any turnovers as well. So, no clean game and once your defense gets a lot of the credit because uh, you know Dan Quinn's like I said Dan Quinn does an amazing job with defenses, um, but the way the offense was clicking against a division rival like Seattle, mm. they should have been able to do their thing against a non-division rival. Right. All right. And AFC, bro, uh, Chiefs versus Bengals. Um, I think we know who we're picking here, or at least um, – so, I, obviously, I, um, I'm all on the uh, Joe Burrow train. I think Cincinnati goes back again this year. Um, they say Mahomes, his ankle is fine, but dude, there's no way. There's there's no way. No, um, I'm. Uh, you know me, man. Burrow. Yep. The easiest, e- easy and simple, bro. I think we're we're both on the same Niners versus Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um, Wow, let me. And that, it pains that me. It pains me. It it really pains me because I like I said, I live in the Philly area. It pains me to do it, but I just got. I I just think the way San Francisco's played, they haven't lost a game in twelve weeks. And and we've seen what this team's gone through by shuffling. They've played three quarterbacks this year, and they've won twelve consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot to say about that. And then Cincinnati, Cincinnati as well, too. I think Cincinnati's won like seven or eight in a row. Yeah. These teams are moving, man. 
Yeah, yeah no, I'm excited. ready for. Uh, I am ready for conference championship Sunday, man. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Definitely, def definitely a good time. Can't wait. Cannot wait. But all right, my guy. Um, we're gonna go ahead and call it here. I think we got everything we want yep. to talk about out of the way. Um, Dan, as always, it's good to do these recordings with you, my man. Um, Love we, him. we will uh, come back here Monday and do a nice little recap of the teams that will be going to the Super Bowl and any probably any potential hirings. Oh yeah, oh, God, we didn't talk about it. Frank Wright. We didn't talk about Frank Wright, bro. That's right. Frank That's right. Shout out Frank Wright, the first ever quarterback in Panthers team history. Is now the head coach. Yeah, uh, I think both of us agree that's a great hire. Um, I love it. I think he I'm was, a Frank Wright guy. I think he was undeservingly fired from the Colts team. Agreed. So hopefully they turn that organization around because I think he's a I think he's a brilliant coach. Yeah. Um, Actually, before two we got the air. Um, two little coaching potentials going on here. Uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is apparently the front runner for that job. Mm -hmm. And for the Indianapolis Colts, apparently Jeff Saturday might be getting brought back. Really? Apparently Jeff Saturday, according to Jim Ursay, Jeff Saturday is the front runner for the, the Colts head coaching job. Oh. Well, I would like to see what, what, what he does with an actual, with his own staff and a full offseason and everything like that. I would like to see what he does. Yeah, I'm for it. Apparently... A lot of the players loved his leadership throughout the year, even though they were, you know, heading in a downward spiral. Apparently, his leadership was very infectious. So, if you get a full off season of that, God knows what can happen. The AFC South can be competitive next year between the Colts, the Jags, and um, the Titans. I mean, you got the Texans. People, the Texans are still in a rebuild. People were really high on, you know, they they were really kind of like weird on, you know. Dan Campbell coming in on his whole thing, but everybody loves him. They love his leadership and they the mentality and the competitiveness. And look look what he's done with the Lions. So Yeah. No. They, they might be a playoff team next year. Sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think they are. I th I not I think they might even win the division. Okay. Well we'll, we'll uh, I'll hold you to it when we get into uh the summertime when we talk about the prediction show. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I mean, just to be. I. I don't think it. I don't think it's a wild take. It's not at all. But because we have a whole summer. Yeah. Hundred percent, bro. But um, all right, y'all. We're gonna head out of here. Uh, thank you all as always for listening to our awesome episodes. And uh, Dan, I will talk to you later, my man. Yes, sir.